Hello everyone, John Henry Soto here. Welcome to Soto in Trouble and I am your host. Now, I've been getting a little serious as of late and I don't understand I don't understand where that came from. I'm not a serious person per se. I enjoy life to the fullest or at least I try to enjoy life to the fullest. And I think I do a pretty good job. And but sometimes I get a little serious, you know. And I'm, I'm just not a serious guy. I I think that uh, as soon as you start taking things a little too seriously, things kind of become really difficult and a chore, and people just don't enjoy their lives. So um, I wanted to talk a little bit about humor. Um, humor has been really the saving grace for me other than music, while I was growing up in the South Bronx, um, you know, I think music came a little bit later. Um, humor came first. You know, my my um, my grandpa was a very funny guy. So was my mom. Um, but my grandpa was known as the funny guy in you know in the family. You know, he was kind of like I didn't know that till much later. You know, I just remember my grandpa you know, talking and everyone laughing. <laughs> and that just seemed to me like a normal thing until I got older and I realized, oh, my grandpa's just some funny dude, man. And I really appreciated um, that I was able to understand uh, rhythm because of my grandpa. My grandpa had a, a very specific rhythm of speaking. And when he spoke, he would be setting jokes up and people know that he's setting them up. So they're all laughing before the, the punchline. And I remember it was because of his rhythm and how he was kind of, and I learned a lot from just listening to that, to that rhythm. And he also introduced me to um, some great early uh, comedians, you know, uh, the Marx Brothers being probably the uh, the most important to me, um, but also uh, Abbott and Costello and... Um, uh, just early, early on, there was just a lot of stuff on television that just played. And even though it was way before my time, they would play them on some channel and he would always put them on. And he would always call me, you know, and uh, in Spanish, uh, the Mexican comedian Cantiflas was also a very influential person for me um, growing up. I just remember also his rhythm. That was a big thing for me, um, his uh, how he... <laughs> How he um, used his the the tone of his voice was just funny, you know. It was just, and I think that that a lot of comedians have that uh, that tone, you know, where it's a lot of the great comedians, you know, and it's it's sort of like they're setting up something that people know is coming, but they don't really know it's coming. And you know, as I analyze um, humor sometimes with uh, friends and and I watch you know, interviews with some comedians and stuff, I I see the the um the difference in uh different views that people have on humor and the basic uh, what is humor, you know, that that basic foundation of what is humor, you know. Um and you know I actually think and this is my own definition, you know, what humor is for me is really taking something that's bland and just twisting it a little bit. That's all it is. You know, it's not 
being, uh, um, you know, like if you sit there and you're grueling and you're just trying to think of something funny and you're just, you know, that's not humor. Humor is, is, is to me is a very natural state. It's a very, uh, um, high level of thinking. It's a very, um, it, it gets people out of not only, you know, situations at work, um, to deal with, but it also helps people deal with their workaday world. Um, and laughter is really, you know, they say, you know, when you laugh a certain amount of time, I don't know the statistics or anything, but if you research laughter, you know, you can really see the benefit of, of just a really good laugh. You know, it really just enhances your, your living. Um, and it's one of those moments, it's one of those body reactions where, you as a spiritual being connects to your body in a, in a different way. You know, it's, it's in a, you know, when you, when you're in pain or when you have some, some loss in your life, you also feel your body also kind of does a certain thing, but laughter does this other jiggle and this lifting and the shoulders and the, the breathing and the teeth showing and the, the face expanding. And there's just this whole other body movements that happen with with laughter and it really does create uh an amazing feeling in people's bodies and that's why it's uh it's been such an important part of my life growing up and you know i enjoy i haven't been able to really find um the platform from for me believe it or not even at my uh my age um, I know I like film and I, I like to be on camera and I like to write and I like to do social media and be funny and short videos and, and things like that. But I haven't really found, uh, cause I'm kind of funny in conversation, you know, I'm not necessarily funny. Um, and I'm not always funny, but, um, I'm, I'm just really not trying to be funny. I'm just trying to be, to entertain myself. <laughs> and I think that that's where that comes from. But um, I haven't been able to find the perfect platform for what I do. Um, you know, I get a lot of people telling me I should do stand up. You know, that was like their thing. You should do stand up. You should do stand up. And that's been, uh, you know, I've been hearing that for a very long time. As a matter of fact, when I was very young, very young, I don't, I don't think I was, I don't think I was 12, 12, maybe 13 years old. Possibly I was in New York City with my mother doing some errands with her. And I remember we saw the club uh, Dangerfields, and she pointed it out to me. I tell this story a lot. And she points out the club to me. She says, look, John, you know, it's Dangerfield. And I'm like, what is that? And, you know, and she said, well, that's where uh, where comedians go, and they, they tell their jokes. You know, And I was like, Mom, you know, I'm 12. I don't think they're going to let me in there. <laughs> and I don't have any jokes. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. How do, I, don't, I couldn't even begin to to figure out what I'm supposed to say, you know, um, that to me does is, it also doesn't really seem like fun, you know, and, and I know that there are comedians out there that are brilliant at, you know, uh, crafting a, a joke and, and really sit down and they really, really take the words and they, they, they take the jokes and they really break them down, you know, into bits and pieces to see why is this funny and where does this flow and where this doesn't flow. And, how if you change certain words, you can completely change the joke, make it either worse or, or better. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld is one who's, he's got a couple of documentaries that I've seen where he gets interviewed and he talks about that process. Um, if you go on YouTube and you, 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 uh, check out 
Jerry Seinfeld and his uh, process and on humor and, and, and just writing comedy. You know, he's one of those guys that's um, really just understands tone and understands delivery and, and all those elements. But he also understands why something is funny. You know, why is it funny? And I, I'm very impressed by that. But it's just something that I really did not um, ever have. You know, I just, I um, when I was living in, in New York City, I was living on uh, 85th Street and Broadway. Um, nice area. Our apartment was sort of condemned. Uh, we had, um, the apartment was kind of condemned. The, uh, the previous owner, we were actually in an illegal sublet. This was a long time ago. I was in my mid twenties, I guess, and my first apartment was this uh, beat up place, um, railroad apartment on Eighty Fifth and Broadway, two eleven West Eighty Fifth Street, to be exact. And the rent was like six hundred and twenty dollars or something. And there were it was a five bedroom apartment. So we we had like I think three of us were living there. I lived with like mostly girls actually back in those days, um, different girls, and not not like in like like I'm some some uh, some stud. I wasn't a stud, but um, I lived with a lot of girls, and um, it was a lot of fun. And this place we only paid about two hundred bucks each, you know, so it was kind of like ideal for us. And the place was really run down. The guy apparently had a drug problem and he freebased in the kitchen and our ceiling was burnt because he had a fire there because he was freebasing. And I didn't know freebasing. I mean, I know you can turn, set yourself on fire, but I didn't know you could set your damn kitchen ceiling on fire. That was kind of impressive. And so he had this also the uh, the light, the ceiling light was just this, the wire sticking out of the, it looked like a spider crawling through the, through, through the, the ceiling coming through it was just wires uh, burnt so he did a really good number on on the place and but that was our first place uh, on you know the upper um, upper west side and um why was i talking about this oh yeah one of my roommates uh she worked at a comedy club she worked at um stand up new york which was i think in, in the 70s somewhere near um not too far from where we are, where we were, where we lived, I think uh, on Broadway or something. And so I would go over there to just hang out with her and just to pick her up and stuff. And, uh, you know, late at night she got out at, I think, 2, 2 a.m. or something like that. So I'd walk over and pick her up. And and I would sit in the back and I would listen to the comedians. And they were really funny. I mean, they were all, like, very, very funny. But... What I found interesting was a lot of them were would be I didn't know they were the comedians that were going to be announced and they would be they would be sitting at the bar, you know, hovering over a drink with some someone talking to very closely, very um, solemn scene, you know. And it looked like just some guy, the press guy at the bar, and then they would announce his name, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you know, blah blah blah. And he would just put his drink down and he'd get up and he does his five minutes and he goes right back to the same scene. And I thought to myself, that is not fun. <laughs> I just either he's doing it because he's, he's he, he didn't seem like he was having fun. And there was it wasn't just him. It was a few others that were just very, very serious, you know, and I, I don't know if they were just really intense 
and I didn't I don't even remember their their names enough to know that they if they made it or not. <laughs> but all I remember was that I was laughing while they were up on stage, and I really enjoyed that that moment. And then after five minutes, it's gone, and they're off to the, do their uh, do their thing. So I didn't really gravitate towards stand up comedy, um, although I can see why. You know, I enjoy telling stories, and if you craft a story really well, I, you know, I do have a couple of stories that I tell usually at dinner table. You know, dinner um, at the dinner table with uh, guests that go over always really, really well because I kind of frame them in a way to to make them funny, and I did that purposely because you know when you're at, out at dinner and somebody says something and you have a story to add to the conversation that's entertaining, I think that that always helps. So I, I did that just, just you know, a, a, a decision I made when I was uh, uh, young that that's what I would do. And so I would tell these stories, and I think people kind of thought, oh, he's doing stand-up, you know. And it was not my intention at all to do stand-up. But um, that's all about me. Uh, I want to just go a little bit about humor and the importance of humor in in uh, in business and in basically in anything that you're you're actually uh, pursuing, um, <clears throat> some of the best times that I've ever had in my entire life were not me telling a joke or you know um, or listening to a comedian or watching a funny film or anything like that, but it was when I spontaneously said something that was clever, that made someone really, really laugh. You know, that to me is a feeling that it's hard to explain. It's, there's nothing like it that, that really uh, has that type of intensity for me where I make someone laugh. And that's why sometimes I go out of my way to try to make someone laugh. And, and you know, it doesn't always go over well but even when it doesn't go over well i make that into a joke you know the fact that it didn't go over well sort of i got that from johnny carson um he would tell a joke and uh, if it didn't fly over whatever came out of his mouth next was way funnier than the joke he was originally trying to get across so you almost almost wanted him to kind of like bomb at some jokes just because to hear what he would say and do in his expressions you know he was like a, a master of that and so I just uh, I took that um, skill, you know, and I turned it into something that really just for me fills my my uh, my soul and makes me feel just incredible when I see someone really laughing and enjoying um, something that I said, you know. And sometimes it can be something completely silly because, you know, here's another another element of something that I that I utilized humor to. Uh, to uh to help my my business career when I was working in the health club industry for almost twenty years, I um I remember you know you deal with a lot of people right the health clubs have you know thousands of members and they would come in and each person has their own idea of what is funny to them or their personalities you know whatever it may be and I knew that you know I knew I knew it early on but when I got into this industry and you start meeting all these people you start kind of playing a little game and start trying to find the button, you know, like what would make this person laugh and what would make that person laugh, you know, and sometimes it's two completely different things. That person might not think that's funny. The other person would crack up. Um, 
And I thought to myself, this is something that is really useful in business because, and you know, now in, in, in art and in filmmaking and in uh, real estate and all the things that I do, teaching guitar, you know, it, it comes in handy because now you're dealing with a lot of people and you can, you have a sensitivity to their needs that's going to make them feel good and make them happy and make them laugh and make them feel comfortable in your presence. And you want to be able to find what that button is. And every once in a while you find someone that you can't find the button and it's frustrating for me. I'm like, man, I can't make this person laugh. I'm like, why, why, why aren't they laughing? Or, you know, um, and, and then you hit upon something and you're like, Oh, I see. They like this kind of humor, you know, they like sarcasm, you know, or, or they like, in your face kind of almost mean humor sometimes, which is a, a thing which I don't, I'm not fond of, but it's a thing. Um, and, and then, then I get it, you know, and then I'm like, Oh, I see it. This person is like, they like, or, or some people just like silly humor. You know, some people, uh, like, like uh, my cousin, my cousin, George and I, we, we would sit in, you know, dr driving in the car somewhere, you know, while we just making fart noises would, would crack us up. Because we were trying to just imitate different types of fart noises. And as stupid as that sounds, for some reason, that just was our button, you know. And we would just laugh at that. Now, I don't go around laughing with anyone else about that. Because it's, but it was only with him. You know, that was just something. And um, so I, I thought that, that that was a very interesting um, tool to really understand that when you're talking to someone individual, you know, uh, um um, when you're speaking to an individual solo, one on one, you know, you have a great opportunity there to not only be able to, um, get your point across if you're, uh, if you're in sales or if you're, you know, I mean, we're all in sales in some way or another, but if you're trying to, uh, seal the deal, so to speak, and you have this ability to see what someone would find funny and hit upon it and really make them feel like this guy is entertaining. This guy made me laugh and things like that. I, th I think that that's a extremely valuable tool in business. Um, another example that just happened to me a couple of days ago, I went to a, uh, um, a fundraiser for uh, the, the congressman. Um, um, I always mispronounce his name. It's, S I R E S series. And, um, so he had this, um, this event. And in the event, um, the mayor of Weehawken, Richard Turner, was there and he was sort of the MC, uh, of the event. And, um, the congressman is very tall and the mayor is very short. So he introduced the, the congressman as, and he said, I'd like to bring on now the uh, tallest man in the room. And everyone laughed and you know, he comes up on stage and I was all the way in the back and I thought, man, it'd be funny to, you know, to be up there. But um, when the congressman came up after his introduction, he says, um, hey, he, had, he was, you know, I want to thank the uh, shortest man in the room. And I thought, because I'm, I'm, I'm shorter, I'm a very short person and I'm shorter than, uh, than Turner, than uh, the mayor. I thought it'd be funny if I was, you know, say something or be there, you know. Now I was only in the back, so I couldn't really get to the front, but everyone laughed and had it. So later on, I thought, you know, this is a, this would be kind of funny, you know, and I thought of something in my head and I said, let me see if I can 
find a moment to find the mayor, Mayor Turner, and see if I could actually um, deliver this, what's in my head to him, you know. So I went up to him and I, I finally did find a, a moment and stuff. I went up to him and I said, you know, my name is John Henry Soto. I'm a committee member of uh, Bayonne, New Jersey. And I just wanted to, to, tell, to tell you and make you feel better that you're not the shortest man in the room. And he howled. He just started laughing. He gave me a hug. He was like, you are awesome. What's your name? And he's like, what's your name again? And I said, John Henry Soto. And he's like, John Henry. And he said, come here. I want to introduce you to the congressman. And took me over, introduced me to the congressman. And we had a laugh there. And then took a picture with the congressman as well. And and, and it was just one of those things that I, that I know that um, the next time he made, because he's made that joke apparently in the past, obviously, because because of the height differences and i know he's going to remember this i know he's going to remember me and if i'm in the in the room i'll i'll be in on the joke again and and um there's to me it's you know i'm a good sport about being short i, I have nothing on it i don't have any um you know that's obviously a, another sensitivity issue that some people might have you know on on their physical uh uh whatever their physical stature is um, but for me, it's never been a problem. I've never thought to myself, oh, I'm short, you know. I've always thought to myself, I'm short, and that's pretty cool. I, I like it. I don't I don't mind it. it. Actually, I never even, I don't think, you know what, I never really thought about it. You know, the only time you really think about it is when you're on the subway and somebody has his arm up and his pit smells like ass. And that's pretty much the only time that I'm like, damn it, I hate being this short. This guy smells like butt cheeks under his pits. Um, and that's pretty much the only time, you know, my wife is 5'10". You know, I, I, I don't think I've ever dated any girl that's either my height or shorter, definitely not shorter. Um, most girls have always been taller. Pamela's obviously my wife, the tallest woman I've ever uh, dated and ended up marrying. So, you know, um, but anyway, the, the, the point that I make on that, the, the reason I'm even going further on, on the height thing is because humor sometimes um rubs people the wrong way because of their sensitivity to certain things and you know we're dealing with that right now in the political uh field right now where you know you can't really tell certain jokes because people do get offended very easily today you know and i don't really give a crap i still tell my jokes and if someone is offended the unfriending button is extremely easy to uh, operate um so but, you know, an example, I think, is um, I always look at TV shows like All in the Family, which was one of my favorite shows growing up. And it was an extremely, you know, in-your-face kind of show for the time. And you couldn't even get away with it today, I, I don't think. You know, um, uh, you know, I just I remember the first time that um, I heard someone mention a Puerto Rican, you know, I thought Puerto Ricans would never be on TV or, or no one would even know, or no one even knew what a Puerto Rican was. But the first time Archie Bunker says, you know, made a, a joke about the Puerto Ricans, I think he was talking to George Jefferson and he says to him, um, he's like, yeah, he goes, no, you guys are on, you know, or George Jefferson's like, you telling me that I'm on the bottom of the list. And he goes, no, he goes, you're not on the bottom of the list. I'm the, and Archie Bunker's like, no, you're not on the bottom of the list. The Puerto Ricans are on the bottom of the list. Only they don't know it because they can't read the list. <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh, he said Puerto Rican. And I wasn't, I didn't feel insulted by by that joke that we can't read the list. 
I felt I I I thought it was funny. I was laughing. You know, Puerto Ricans speak Spanish, so the ones that come here can't read the list. If it's in English, I get the joke. It was funny, but today it's a little you know more sensitive. So、um, humor has also that side of it. You know,、um, where it's walking a tightrope. You know, you don't know if this joke is gonna. Rub people the wrong way. I, I think one of the、uh, the comedians, unfortunately, he had some trouble recently. But、uh, Louis C.K.、Um, his standup is like so kind of like raunchy, and he says things that are so shocking, and you're like, what the hell? But he does it in a way that's so funny, and people laugh. You know, of course, now he took out his pecker in front of somebody, and now he's been banned. Right around the same time that Kevin Spacey、uh, did whatever the hell he did, so. I think that、um, that's a sign of the time. You know, people just aren't really accepting、uh, certain types of、um, behavior, and that's actually okay. I actually I disagree with that type of behavior. I think、uh, you know if you you know if you、uh, have a wiener, you should keep it locked up、um, as long as you know,、uh, especially with someone when, when someone doesn't ask you to to whip it out. I think that that's Probably something that you're taught early on. So if you miss the exposure of your penis just because you feel like it, and you miss that day in school or in class or whatever,、um, you might want to go to the library and pick up some books on that. I, you know, there it has been covered quite extensively in different books、um, on not exposing yourself to people when they're not really asking you for it. It's different if they ask you. I mean, it's completely different, actually. So anyway,、um, so what I would like to do, you know, is to、um, get your views on what you think of humor,、um, and you know, what some of your favorite comedians, and、uh, do you think humor is getting better, or is it? Because there was a moment there. I'll talk about this for a second, but. There was a moment there a few years ago that humor became this mean, sarcastic thing. There was a TV show, and I can't even remember the name of the TV show. It was, it was supposed to be like a Friends, you know, TV show. And Friends had the sarcasm, but it had it funny. They were being funny, being sarcastic. They weren't being mean. And there was a show that came out、uh, not long ago, and it seemed to have done pretty well. I, I don't. I watched a couple of episodes and I thought to myself, "Everyone is mean, you know. They're not funny. They're just, they're just mean to one another." And the sarcasm is that kind of sarcasm where there's no real joke. It's just like, "Yeah, uh huh,、mm-hmm, yeah, right, okay, whatever you say," you know, that kind of stuff. And I just thought, you know what? That's not funny. It it was really. And and then I saw another show and it had a little bit of that same element. And I was really disappointed. I was, I was thinking to myself, "Jesus, I hope that that's not." The case, you know. Luckily, I, I have seen some really funny things recently.、Um, you know, films and and comedians that I really love. Uh, uh, I love that Sebastian, Italian comedian guy. He's just freaking hilarious. I also Brian Regan is one of my favorite standups,、um, and even Jerry Seinfeld, who's like, you know, considered like a, already a veteran, old school guy. But to me, he's still he's still funny. You know, he still has has chops.、Um, And just a lot of uh, uh, good stuff being being written on. There's also a lot more 
avenues for for content you know this is why i'm always encouraging people to you know throw your name in the you know throw your name in the hat because you don't know what's available because there's netflix and amazon and hulu and uh, um, all these other networks that are just cranking out you know content you know and and shows and stuff and you know they're even network television is trying harder now because they realize that Netflix and Amazon was kicking their butts and, and and they suck. Their shows suck. So now they're actually spending some money and they're making shows that are pretty decent, you know, pretty good. So I think that that um, everyone should try to get in there, you know. Now, as far as, you know, going back to humor for a second, you know, um, you know, humor in television is very, you know, uh, it's very different, you know. You're, you're talking about having to not only create a character that people would understand, but a character that people would uh, identify with. That's funny. That's consistently funny. The writing has to be good. The you know, I mean, it's just so many different elements on it, you know. Um, but for me, humor, I use it as part of my life. I don't, I don't think of it as like, oh, this isn't my business or this is something that I, I just happen to, um, it took me a long time to even say what I'm about to say, but I just happen to be funny. You know, for a long time, I just thought, well, my friends and my family laugh a lot at my stuff, you know, but they're my friends and my family, you know. It wasn't until I started working for the health club industry that I realized, oh, I am funny, you know, I you know, I can't go around making a hundred people a day laugh and not realize that there must be something that I'm saying that's rather humorous. So, um, so anyway, moving forward, uh, I am going to start doing a little bit more of that content and more humor. And, um, I'd love to hear from you, you know, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on, on humor and how you apply it, or if you're interested in applying it, um, what can you do and, um, any uh, uh, suggestions that you would have on anything, um, even suggestions for me on like how you think I should use my humor. <laughs> Help me. I don't know. I'm going to be like 90 years old trying to figure it out. How am I funny? How am I funny? It's my Joe, my 90-year-old Joe Pesci. How am I funny? Huh? How am I funny? How the... No, I'm not going to curse. Um, so... I want to thank everybody for tuning in. We're at half an hour. I already spoke for half an hour on on humor. I hope I uh, gave you some value and made you giggle a little bit. And uh, I hope to, you know, you come back and uh, share my podcast with people. And if you want to be on, please send me a message. I'd love to have you on. It's very easy um, to have you on this podcast. I just click a button and you're on. And... Um, just want to thank everybody for all the support that I've been getting recently, um, not just through my podcast, but through you know all my social media uh, platforms, and um, it's just been a joy. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time with my kids recently. My wife started a new job, and um, we don't have a full-time babysitter as of yet, so I've been holding holding it down here and. Um, Really, it, it, it's been a blessing for me. Not a lot of parents get to spend this much time with their kids at, at this age where they're really 
going to remember the the molding and and for me this is actually a, just a pleasure you know and it wasn't an easy thing to be able to to do but it's something that i know it's going to benefit um them to have one of their parents around all the time and um and to have a, a and for me of course it's it's a tremendous benefit i feel blessed so um i want to thank you all for for the support because it really really does mean a lot to me all right folks thank you so much this is john henry soto for soto in trouble i don't think i got too much in trouble today but maybe i did maybe maybe i did um take care have a great 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 week and i will talk to all of you very very soon peace out love y'all